Hey guys, welcome back to episode two of The Political Pulse. Uh, Last night we witnessed uh, Joe Biden and President Trump going at it uh, rather fiercely in the first uh, presidential debate of the 2020 cycle. Um, If I had to come up with one word to describe the debate, (laughs) it would have to be exhausting. (laughs) I mean, anybody that watched the debate had... uh, I think three words to describe it would either be exhausting, um, sort of depressing, I guess, if, if you're uh, looking at it more of a policy standpoint. There was not a lot of substantive talk on the issues, which is uh, you know, de- definitely not what we're trying to get to. And then the last word I would use to describe it is disappointing. Um, this isn't the best of America, what we witnessed last night. Uh, the bickering between the two candidates, the bickering between candidates and the moderator, I thought was particularly repugnant. Um, it, it's just, it's it's not it's not what this country should be standing for. Uh, it should not be the standard that we should hold both our um, leaders who are either president or want to become president. And also, uh, I think a good amount of it falls on the moderator as well. You know, I said back in 2016 that I thought Chris Wallace did an okay job. Um, He moderated the third presidential debate between Trump and uh, Hillary Clinton, and I thought he did okay. Um, I can't say the same for this for this cycle. I think he was um, getting into a back and forth with the president too much. It made him appear as he uh, as he was more of a hack. Um, Definitely looked as if he was trying to pick a fight with uh, President Trump. And I think it came off as uh, in, in bad taste, quite honestly. Um, if you are my, I was a little disappointed because you know I spoke about this on yesterday's show. He came into it with the with the premise that he was going to be invisible. I was really excited about that prospect that we were going to have a substantive debate between the two candidates. Was it? Gonna, did I think it was going to get chippy? Absolutely, always does. Always does, especially with, with uh, President Trump. Definitely bound to get chippy. But what I did not expect, and you know, to my deep disappointment, what what happened was, I think the moderator tried to uh, stick in the limelight a little too much. I thought Chris Wallace kind of used got gotcha questions on both candidates, and I thought it was unfortunate. It just made him seem like he was the the star of the show, and. You know, that's definitely not the role of a moderator. So on the moderator end, I, I have to give Chris Wallace um, an F on this one, or at least a D, D plus, because uh, I don't I don't know anybody who, who thought that he did a fantastic job. I, I just clearly it was it was not a good situation for Chris Wallace. So right out of the gate, Donald Trump came out swinging. Um, it was very apparent from the opening statements. <laughs> that Donald Trump was serious about attacking Biden. He wasn't holding back. And I thought for the first 15 minutes or so, um, that Trump was a little overzealous. I thought that he was probing a little too much on um, on Biden. You want to do that in the middle of the debate. I think it's, it's fine. It might even be a smart idea to do that. But right out of the gate, you kind of look like you're in over your head a little bit. And that's how that's how uh, President Trump came across in my mind. Um, so uh, I thought that he uh, he looked a little overzealous trying to uh, 
to attack Biden a little early uh, from the start. On the contrary, uh, though, I will say that Biden um, did not have the body language that I thought he needed to have last night. And particularly uh, in the in the beginning when Trump was coming at him hard, he uh, he has this cowering uh, appearance physically. You know, you look at him and he looks down at the podium. That's that's not uh, the look you want to display on a debate stage. You want to be standing up straight. You want to be assertive. You want to have a dominating presence, um, you know, that when someone looks at you, you look like a leader. And, um, you know, that Joe Biden, I feel like, did not have that. Uh, and that's that's a little unfortunate for his end. Um, I thought he land, landed some good punches. Um you know, of course, the uh, the main thing was the coronavirus, and I knew that was going to be a recurring theme for Biden. He was going to try and pull it back uh, to the coronavirus. Um, you know, we just crossed 200,000 deaths in America. He was going to try and drill that down, that this is a failure of leadership on the president. And um, I think he did that pretty effectively. I think it landed pretty well. Um, Donald Trump's uh, argument on the coronavirus surprised me a tad. I thought that he was going to take the opportunity, um, you know, in the rebuttal to frame it in, yes, the coronavirus has been, it has been what it is, but we're on the mend. He looked in the rearview mirror, and I think it might have been a little bit unfortunate that he did that. He used the tactic that, well, well, if if you were president, uh, you know, Joe Biden, we we would have closed much later and we would have lost many more uh, thousands of lives regressive way of thinking, regressive way of thinking, looking back. I don't think that lands as well as uh, it would have had he looked to the future and say, well, you know what? It was tough. We've been through a lot, um, but we're we're coming back strong. I think that a forward-looking message would have been, uh, would have been more positive. It would have landed better with the voters. Um, so whether that was his debate prep, um, like his prepared uh, lines on coronavirus. I don't know, or if that was just Trump being Trump. <laughs> Probably more likely than not, it's the latter. But, but we really don't know. Um, I think he did land some good lines, President Trump. I think he landed some good lines with the economy, though. Um, you know, we're on the precipice of what looks to be a good jobs report, what looks to be a good GDP uh, report about the third quarter. So he did. Uh, he did stress that, but it's hard to. Um, it's hard to do that without having the figures in front of you. So if it does turn out to be a very good report, maybe it's something that he'll definitely try to drill down in the second uh, presidential debate in two weeks that look how good we're doing now. We're, we're building, uh, we're building our economy back to, uh, you know, the way it was uh, pre COVID. So with the, um, the Trump Biden records, um, I made a prediction that I thought he was going to go after that President Trump was going to go after Biden with trade. It did not really happen that way. Um, he attacked more generally the Obama administration, but he used you know the Obama Biden administration to tie Biden into that. Um, there was a lot on healthcare, um, and I didn't really speak about that too much yesterday, and that was to my own fault because um, you know I was definitely not surprised that it came up. Um, Especially in the Supreme Court segment, it really, really tied into uh, what the Democrats believe another conservative justice on the Supreme Court will do to health care. Um, 
you know, with, of course, with the Affordable Care Act in, back in the news being back at the docket at the Supreme Court, health care was, um, you know, it's at the it's on the mind of many, many voters. Um, and Chris Wallace asked uh, President Trump, and I think this was, you know, a fairly a fair question to ask. Uh, President Trump has not put forward a specific plan uh, for health care. And that is, I think, something that he definitely needs to work on. It's kind of hard to do it now with a month left before the election, uh, maybe a little too little too late. Um, but again, Biden's uh, health care plan is extremely vague as well. And I think this this was one of the frustrating things with the debate in general is we could not get to specific plans because neither candidate, particularly on the issue of healthcare, has a specific plan. And um, one of the interesting tactics used by the president, he used it with healthcare. He used it again when they were talking at the end about climate change and the Green New Deal, was how he was trying to corner Biden into making more moderate statements about both healthcare and climate change in an attempt to... Um, to prove that he's not uh, on the side of more the liberal wing of the party, which is, again, a tough messaging when on one hand you're trying to say he's a socialist, he's a socialist like Bernie Sanders, and on the other hand you're saying, well, you just lost the socialist vote because you're a moderate. So it's kind of playing both sides, uh, I guess, but um, I thought it was effective in in the moment. I, I mean, uh, President Trump used the phrase, you know, well, you just lost the, uh, I don't know what phrase he used exactly, you just lost the radical wing of your party or the left wing of your party. Uh, because, you know, he got the president, he got, a, excuse me, Vice President Biden to say that he doesn't support the Green New Deal. Um, which, of course, if uh, Vice President Biden was doing an interview, maybe he would try to play a little more coy to appeal to, uh, you know, the AOC wing of the party, make him make it seem like he was sympathetic to the Green New Deal, but didn't know if it would work in its entirety. Um, so I thought it was an interesting tactic used by the president that he was trying to say, well, it uh, looks like you're losing the liberal wing of the party because you don't support many of their ideas, universal health care, you know, Medicare for all, Green New Deal. Um, you know, so I thought that that was uh, an interesting point. With the Supreme Court, I thought it was very interesting that the president um, his war room, I'll call it, his his personal uh, Twitter put out, um, of course, his staff was putting this out because he was in the debate, but his staff put out immediately after it happened that um, Joe, he got Joe Biden to say that uh, he's not opposed to Amy Coney Barrett, the, the nominee for the Supreme Court. And I thought that that was just a mistake by Biden to maybe say that. Um, you never want to give ammo to the other side, I'm sure. That when the nomination comes up in the, judici the judiciary committee, excuse me, you'll have those nice fancy cardboard signs uh, with Biden's face saying, um, you know, I'm not opposed to her nomination, and it's going to be used as a talking point um, in the run-up to uh, to confirming her. So that was just a slip of the tongue, I think, by Biden. Um, but I want to look at more mac the macro sense of it. We spoke yesterday that. Um, I mentioned that I feared if I was the Trump campaign that if Biden doesn't flub the way that the expectations were for him to do so, he would coming out he would come out looking victorious. And I think that happened. 
I don't think there was any, you know, the cataclysmic mistake that Biden can't stand up at a podium for 90 minutes and, you know, cognitively think of, uh, you know, policy positions. I think that kind of fell flat yesterday. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, Biden is sharp as a tack or even as sharp as he was in 2012 debate against Paul Ryan, where everybody agreed he, you know, kicked his ass. But uh, I, I don't think that that is a, uh, a useful tactic that the Trump campaign can use. Um, and I, if I'm Donald Trump, I'm actually very happy that uh, he didn't go after his, um, you know, saying that he has dementia and all this. And that doesn't that doesn't land very well. It's a personal attack. People want to get above the personal attacks. Um, he, he made reference to him graduating in the bottom of his class. I thought that that was, you know, it was a statement that it was a very Trumpian statement, but I didn't think it landed very well. And it's just something you kind of shake your head at, you know, if you support him and you're just like, why are you saying stuff like that? <laughs> I mean, you got You got to be smarter. You got to be. Uh, you got to know your place a little bit more. You have to know your audience, know who you're playing to. And the last thing I'll touch on is the focus groups afterwards. Um, they were pretty split. Um, Frank Lunds had a focus group that was pretty split. Uh, I think he was with Ohio voters yesterday, if I if I'm uh, remember correctly. Um, I believe there was a tad more that said that Biden won the debate, but everybody, it's funny, everybody, no matter which side that they were maybe leaning towards after the debate said that that was an embarrassment. It was not up to the standards of what American politics should be. Um, and it was degrading. There was universal agreement that it was degrading. So, um, all we can say is hopefully the next one will be better. There's a vice presidential debate next week, I believe, uh, between Senator Kamala Harris and Vice President Pence. I hope that you'll tune in to watch that. Um, it'll be interesting to compare the decorum of that debate to the decorum of this debate. Um, I think it'll be, it, it will be very different just because the candidate styles are different. Um, you know, so we'll see. So we'll see. And, uh, you know, again, I think it's important to remain engaged, at least. It might have been demoralizing. You might want to say, oh, I'm not putting on another debate. But as hard as they can be to watch, it is important to remain engaged in the political system. So I will, it, it is my sincere hope that you will, uh, you will continue listening to it because our democracy is worth fighting for. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you back uh, with the next episode.